Hello, Gladiators Nation, and welcome to episode 16 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I'm the host, the director of broadcasting and communications with the team, Mike Fulta. Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're listening in from. Uh, if you'd like more info on the team, Twitter and Instagram are a great place to find that. Uh, that's at ATL Gladiators. You can also find out more team info online at AtlantaGladiators.com. Today is Tuesday, January 11th, and we have Gladiators forward Cameron Nault on with us today. A good long talk uh, with Cam Nault after uh, he was actually on the bench as kind of an acting coach while head coach Jeff Pyle was away for this past weekend. Nault's been on IR uh, since November. We got a, a nice talk with him about uh, what he's been going through while he's trying to rehab his injury and trying to make his way back as well. We also get into his career, so stay tuned here in the next couple minutes for that interview. But let's set the stage for the Gladiators and where they're at right now, about a week and a half into January. The Glads are 16-3-3. and They are third place in the South Division. That's a playoff spot. They're just below Florida and Jacksonville, and then a little bit above the Orlando Solar Bears. The Glads swept the Greenville Swamp Rabbits this past weekend uh, in three tight games, and they've won four in a row, dating back to January 2nd when they beat the Florida Everblades in overtime. The Glads won 4-3 to three in a shootout on Friday against Greenville, and on Saturday it was a 3-1 to one win, but really that game kind of came down to the wire. The Glads got a, an empty net goal late, and then it was a 3-2 to two road victory for Atlanta on Sunday to close out the weekend. Boy, this season, how many times have we seen the Glads kind of falter in that third game of the series or maybe take a step back on Sunday? But the Glads got it done uh, with some big help from Chris Nell. Nell with 33 saves on 35 shots. He gets his second win of the season. That was great to see uh, him get back in the wind calm. He had a big selly after the final horn sounded, and he had a big save there at the last uh, the last second. Uh, but he had a big night for Atlanta as the boys got it done in front of him as well. We did have some milestones, or a milestone reached. Mike Pellick, a forward veteran for the Glads, reached the 600 ECHL point plateau this past weekend uh, when he put up a goal and an assist on Saturday against Greenville. Pellick is uh, now just the eighth player in league history to reach that 800 point pl- uh, plateau, and he now ranks eighth uh, in all-time league points. So some pretty cool stuff from Mike Pellick, and he is going to have an opportunity to move up that all-time points list in the ECHL. Uh, the 7th, 6th, uh, and 5th place guys are all kind of within uh, a few points of each other here bunched up. So Pellick can really take a big jump uh, up the, the leaderboard in ECHL points all-time here in the next couple of weeks. Tim Davison has been really good. Uh, one more point on Pellick. Uh, he also has 18 points in his last 14 games. So along with the milestone, he has been outstanding uh, recently. He's been the, the best Glad's offensive player uh, with those 18 points dating back to December 10th. Uh, but getting back to Tim Davison, Davison's been really good offensively here for Atlanta from the blue line. He has multiple points in three of his last four games. So he's kind of been uh, on fire from that perspective. He had a goal and two assists on Saturday against Greenville. So the Glads get those three wins against the Swamp Rabbits, and they do that without 
Uh, Cody Sylvester, who had been their leading scorer, now Mike Pellick has taken that mantle, uh, but they did that all without Cody Sylvester. He was on the commissioner's exempt list. Luke Nogard, who is up there as far as points in the Gladiators' rankings are concerned, he was missing for two of those games. The Glads had, had other pieces out on the back end. Uh, multiple teams around the league are missing a handful of players each. Uh, that, that seems to be kind of par for the course, and the Glads are no exception to that. But to get those wins, to get three wins and six points uh, against Greenville, granted a team with a losing record, but nonetheless to do that for Atlanta, that's big here in the middle of the season in the standings, and it shows a lot of fight from this group uh, who, keep in mind, didn't have their head coach, their leader, Jeff Pyle, at all for this weekend. So that's the state of affairs right now for the Gladiators. Let's get to our Sends segment this week where we give updates on the NHL and AHL affiliates of the Atlanta Gladiators. We have the Ottawa Senators up in the NHL, and we have the Belleville Senators in the American Hockey League. That's AAA. Uh, so both teams named the Senators don't get uh, confused there. Uh, as you might have heard, the NHL is not allowing players to leave for the uh, Olympics at all. Uh, but the Senators do have an, or a prospect on uh, potentially the Olympic roster. There was a report by Frank Saravalli, or a tweet rather, that uh, listed 15 players that are allegedly invited to join Team USA. Uh, four of these Americans have been playing over in the KHL in Russia. One had been playing in the Swedish League. One had been playing in a top German League. And then you had one that was in the AHL and eight that were in the collegiate hockey realm in the NCAA. Jake Sanderson out of the University of North Dakota was one of those eight collegiate players that is alleged to have been invited to Team USA. Sanderson was the fifth overall pick by Ottawa back in 2020. He has had an incredible year with North Dakota so far this season, 22 points in 17 games for the defenseman. So he's been outstanding from the back end. Uh, he was also on the United States World Juniors team that was recently canceled up in Canada, uh, but he was the captain for that United States World Juniors team. Obviously, they didn't finish that tournament, but nonetheless, uh, he had the C on his chest heading into those games. So uh, Jake Sanderson, an Ottawa Senators prospect, potentially playing for Team USA in the Olympics. Uh, there's not much to report on the Ottawa Senators' side. They haven't played very much recently. They've had a bunch of games postponed. They had their game against the Edmonton Oilers last night postponed. Their next scheduled game that uh, was not or hasn't been postponed yet uh, is coming up on Thursday against the Calgary Flames. So that's when Ottawa can kind of start to get things going again. They're still sitting pretty far back in the pack in the Atlantic Division. So that kind of wraps things up on the Ottawa side. Now let's move down a level to uh, the Belleville side. They split a pair of games with the Springfield Thunderbirds last weekend. They play tomorrow night against the Toronto Marlies. Belleville is still back down in sixth place out of seven teams in the AHL's North Division. They are 13-14-0. Jake Lucini leads the team with 21 points. Uh, Igor Sokolov, who you're going to hear Cameron Nault reference in our interview coming up, Sokolov has 18 points in 23 games so far, so he's been productive as well. The Gladiators did send Hugo Waugh up to Belleville a few weeks ago. Uh, Waugh has been with the team uh, in Belleville a decent amount. He's only played six games so far this season, doesn't have any points. He has not played uh, at all in the last couple of weeks. So hopefully uh, Hugo Waugh can crack the lineup here and get back involved for the B-Sense. But that wraps up our Sens segment. And now we want to bring you our interview 
with Cameron Nault. But before we get to that, we do want to thank our partner, Orthosport and Spine Physicians. Orthosport and Spine Physicians is now the official team doctor of the Gladiators, as well as the naming partner for the Glad's Home Ice. Orthosport and Spine Physicians specializes in providing state-of-the-art, minimally invasive treatments for complex neck and spine problems, as well as sports-related injuries and conditions. They also serve patients who travel to their office from other areas in the southeast and throughout the country. Let them help you get back in the game. All right, and now... Cameron Nault. And now we welcome on one of the Atlanta Gladiators forwards uh, slash coaches, I guess we should say now. Uh, Got to put a little asterisk next to that. But uh, Cameron <laughs> Nault, thanks for joining us here. How are things going? Uh, things are going good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have to mention the little bit of a coaching stint that you had. Uh, head coach Jeff Pyle was out on league health and safety protocols. And we've had you on a number of our coaches' corners. But I want you to, to kind of take us through it here on uh, – uh, on the podcast what was the coaching experience like what was your role on the bench just explain it to the fans and uh and what did you take away from it yeah so it's something me and Jeff kind of talked about going into the weekend actually was I was going to come behind the bench and coaching something I really really want to do when I'm done playing and so uh, I I took it as an opportunity when he asked me to come learn from him I was like yeah this would be a great opportunity Great experience, great opportunity, and then kind of get the text Friday morning that uh, you're going to be by yourself on the bench, and I think Flo should be joining you as well. I was like, okay, quick turn, <laughs> quick change, and then, but like I said before with you and Mike, is that we have such a veteran team, so like having a guy like Nezzy, who himself is a coach, right, like he, he manages the room for us a lot of times, even with Paul around. He's great at managing guys on the bench too. So like for me, it was just being able to have, get the lines on the fly, making sure guys know who's up and then take away from my perspective where I'm seeing from behind the bench, watching the entire gameplay and just trying to give my input into the game. And this weekend, the guys really pl played really well. And so it made it pretty easy for me where I didn't have to say a whole bunch and I think the guys knew how important this weekend was for us in the standings and we're getting into a crunch time of the year where these games matter so much more and especially with teams below us in the standings we've got to really try and bury them as much as possible so uh, it was a great weekend and uh, experience I definitely won't forget especially against Greenville <laughs> so so you've been on injured reserve for, for those who might not know so you were going to be on the bench with coach Pyle uh, anyway even if he uh, was there heading into the weekend yeah yes uh, so he approached me with the idea of just coming on and learning from him and I said yeah I, I completely want to do this I kind of want to see how you do it and for me like I said coaching is something I really love doing and I've done it a few times back home during the summers and coaching high school hockey every now every now and then and some triple a tournaments and stuff like that but this this is a little different experience when you got guys that are older than you. And so <laughs> it's, it's a little different speaking up when you're a 26 year old guy on a team and you got guys in the thirties and stuff. So, but they're all really good. Uh, like we have great room in general between the vets and the, the rookies and stuff. It's a great, great locker room. It's honestly, we've come together quite so much throughout this year. And I think we're continuing to grow and, it's starting to show more and more in our games that we just play for each other a little extra harder every night. 
you brought up the standings. It really was three big wins uh, against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. We're recording this here on uh, uh, January 10th, but uh, three big wins. You guys pick up six points for the standings uh, in a sweep over the weekend. Uh, and there were a lot of close games there as well there throughout the weekend as well. There were plenty of intense moments. I'm curious, what was the most intense moment while you were on the bench? <laughs> uh, honestly, it was, it was toss-up between the shootout. Going into the shootout, that was pretty, especially for the first game, that was my heart dropped about three times. <laughs> and then Parksy makes that ridiculous save on Rinaldi in the shootout where kind of looked like he had him Parks out to right and Parky got his big long legs on it and made the save and then we go on to win it with Nezzy capping it off but uh last game was pretty pretty hectic too is just because it was such an important game end of a three and three and we really wanted to win for Nell and I think having that be so tight and the the guys really bought into the okay we're, we're getting this one we're getting the six points we're getting out of the weekend and Obviously, it was great to see Nelly saw the emotion after we won his big Sally. And, like, it, it's good. it felt good for not only me, but there's a few guys that have obviously been on Greenville, so it's always good to get a win against them. Yeah, you'd spent a decent amount of time in Greenville. We'll, we'll get to that here uh, in a little bit. I, I still want to continue on with, with some of these coach questions a little bit. Uh, but in the shootout, are, are you and Flo, are you the two guys that are that are calling people up, or how does that work? Yeah, so I, I kind of asked – uh Pelic, because he's been scoring lately. I was like, you want to go in? He's like, ah, not unless I really have to. And so then I discussed with Flo a little bit. And then uh Kylie went first and Kylie was ready to go. But then uh Timmy, Timmy was the one that I kind of took a chance on and he made me look smart on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he buried. That was a great call. Uh, okay, so so it was you guys pulling the trigger though on the, on those guys. Yeah. And then, so was there any question at all to toss Nezzy out there at the end? No, no. I, me personally, I, I wanted Nezzy. As long as Nezzy wanted to go, which I'm, he's, he's a big game type guy, a big moment guy. So yeah, I was like, yeah, he's, he's going to go. <laughs> I, I'm curious, when you were up there with, with Florentino, you know, you're an acting coach. Did you try to, to maybe in a few moments emulate Coach Pyle or maybe some other coaches you had had? Like, were you thinking at all, like, ah, what would they do in this situation? Yeah, I think with with Coach Powell, like, he's he's really good at just trying to keep level-headed and trying not to let the guys get too down if they make mistakes. So I, when mistakes are going to be made throughout the course of the game, not getting on a guy or, and stuff, right, just try and keep guys confident, right, because you will go through the stretches. It's a game momentum swings and mistakes. And so especially in – in a three and three, you're going to have those lulls in the game and just making sure the guys are upbeat and positive is just what I was trying to do when I was behind there. And then uh, if I was paying attention to the game, it was great to have someone like Nezzy maybe come in and give a system update that what, what we want to run and change that up too. So it, honestly, I didn't have to do as much talking, which is great. Even when my big thing is that if you're coaching, the best games is like we don't have to say too much. It makes it so much easier. <laughs> so right. I just got to focus on the lines and the little details in the gameplay. Uh, well, let's talk about Cameron Nault, the hockey player here <laughs> uh, a little bit. We've been talking about Cameron, uh, Cameron Nault, the coach. You've been on IR since November. 
How is your rehab going? Are you up and skating? How close do you think you are to coming back? Um, I, I'm up and skating. I'm getting more and more wind back each time I skate. For me now, it's just, it's going to be some mental side of it too. Just, it, it was a pretty bad injury. And I'm, the way I play, it's usually a pretty physical game, big down low. And it's going to be a bit of a mental hurdle just to get over, get through that. But I'm hoping once we get a bit of a break here to get some team practices and take some contact and practice, I'll be good to go once we can do that. So maybe Friday, if if we can get one or two team practices in, I'll, I'm going to try and go. But if not, and a game here, game there, it's not going to make a big difference, especially with the way the guys have been rolling right now. So it gives me the extra time to really focus, make sure I'm as ready as I can be. Mm-hmm. And, and you've never played more than 50 games uh, in, in a season. Have you had to come back from injury in the past? Uh, yeah, I, I've had a couple injuries. Uh, when I was in Greenville, I had a screwed up a couple of the tendons in actually my bottom hand. So that, that was about a month process of like playing through it, not being able to grip the stick, and then eventually leading to having to get like a core zone shot to finish the year off type thing. And I also started that same year off my second year in Greenville. Uh, I got a, a pretty good concussion when I was up in Manitoba in training camp and just a freak accident that happened. The guy fell and kind of took my legs out from underneath me. And uh, so that, that was a long year, a lot of, a lot of coming back though, especially the concussion. That was probably the, the worst one I had. So. And you mentioned the, the kind of the mental aspect of it as well. Like, did you know that it happened right away? Like, did you know something was, was wrong when, uh, when you got hurt and then like in those next couple hours, like that night, are you kind of like, 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 where are you at emotionally after all that? Cause it was at the start of the season. Like that had to have been really frustrating. Yeah. It was a very emotional three days. That's for sure. Uh, right. When it happened that a play that happened probably to me five, six times a game. And the guy just went to pin me and drove my knee into the wall. Uh, I kind of heard like a little bit of a pop, but like, I didn't think anything of it. Cause I was, I had the puck with me and when I put it down to Pelly in the corner, I went to take a stride to the net after I got up and I was like, Oh, that feels weird. My skate must be broken. So I kind of turned to go take a stride to the bench. And as I looked down, I realized my skate's fine, but something doesn't feel something's wrong. (laughs) And so then I got back to the back uh, training office, they examined it and stuff. And, told me it wasn't the greatest news. And so, yeah, it was, it was really emotional, and especially since there was a lot up in the air. But since I didn't have the – obviously wasn't able to get an MRI that quick. <laughs> uh, it was pretty emotional. And you get start hearing all the scenarios where maybe it's done for the year and things like that. So it was it was an emotional few, few days for sure. But then when I got the good news that I will be able to come back at some point throughout the season, uh, it's definitely made this process and rehabbing a lot easier knowing that. Yeah. I just feel like that's something that maybe the fans and people outside the room take for granted. They think that, you know, Oh, the whole time you're out, you're just, you know, doing your rehab, whatever. And it's all like a physical issue, but, but it's also, I mean, there's a huge like mental toll on you athletes as well when that happens. Oh, for sure. And like, I'm pretty open about 
the the mental health side of hockey and stuff now i i i've done a lot of work for the project 11 group back home that the Winnipeg jets and the manitoba moose organization have put together and on a rick ripping uh it's a great foundation if you don't know what it is i i really encourage people to go take a look at it and what they're all about in that in that side of it but yeah it was it was a pretty tough first few weeks, especially because right after it happened, the guys went on a week-long road trip. So <laughs> I was kind of in the apartment, not be able to move around too well and just kind of isolated. So it, it got pretty long. The days are pretty long. Uh, but once the guys came back and it makes it a lot easier when you can go into the room and the support and stuff from, this, from the guys in the locker room, the support from Jeff has been amazing this entire time. And even when I tried to push it so I could come back even a little earlier, just been really cautious and really allowed me to make sure I'm at close to as hundred percent as it can be for the rest of the year. You mentioned that foundation that you work with. I kind of want you to go a little bit more into that. Uh, Cause they, they presented you uh, with a special Jersey. Was that uh, a little bit ago? Uh, yeah. So the, the Jersey that was presented to me, that's actually up at my old middle school. That was a, a really cool experience. It was for our, yeah, I don't remember what the night's called, but they do a special uh, Indigenous night back home from Manitoba. The Moose do that. And I just missed out being there for around that time of the game when they when it happened. And so uh, we were able to get the jersey and put it up in our my old middle school. And it was, it was a really cool experience for that. The, the, the Project 11, that that's something my parents, uh, both as teachers, they incorporate into their classrooms because they do a lot of, uh, they're trying to spread out throughout the school so kids feel more comfortable talking about their ment mental health on a daily basis. And so they do a lot of uh, exercises mentally and physically and be able to open up to other students, their teachers, their parents, whatever it may be. And they do a great job in like incorporating exercises to make kids feel more comfortable with it and it's not just the kids obviously I I was very close tight book for a long time and then I uh, had a obviously a pretty traumatic experience with a very very close friend of mine a few years back and uh, he lost his life and so through that process that grieving process I was able to to learn how to cope better and open up about the mental health side of it and uh, Zinger, the GM from Manitoba there, he, he was great in being an outlet and a source for me to talk to. My agent, uh, who I'm very close with, he, he was another one that was really supportive and really showed me some good outlets and some good ways just to learn how to cope and work on your mental health. It's something I think that gets overlooked, but it's good to see in the last few years, especially in the hockey world and the sports world, that it is getting more and more traction as people are starting to understand. It's not just being physically healthy. You have to be mentally healthy to play. And I think you see that in when guys are both physically and mentally healthy, they have great years. But sometimes when that confidence or the down on themselves, or it's just this thing that go on in your family life that can have you down, the guys that don't open up about it and they just harbor it in, it can really affect them, their performances, right? So uh, yeah, I, 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 
try and advocate as much as I can. I always try to be an open book and I always try to make it so people feel comfortable if they have something going on as little as it might be or silly as they may think it is. I'm always making sure I'm open to hearing, talking to people. And it could be just something as talking about someone's day sometimes, right? Like it's the little things I think that go a long way in that. And you were mentioning too, just, you know, how close this room is and how they've been helping you along. So I'm guessing just kind of having these guys come around you, helping you through your injury has been a big deal along with Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, one of the big components too, for me coming here was obviously having the cl very close relationship with Pelic here. And I, I knew coming off these last weird years in hockey, it's been a couple of weird years. The confidence hasn't been quite there the last year and a half or so. So I knew coming here, he's a guy that would put a lot, help gain my confidence back. And since I've been here, it's been a blast. It's been, I haven't had this much fun playing in a couple of years now. And mm -hmm. I think, I think that was another bummer when I did get her. It was just, I was really starting to feel good about my game again. And, and then that kind of happened. And so now, now I'll get back to it and hopefully pick up where I le was left off confidence wise. Well, and, and you mentioned playing with Pellick. You guys were uh, together uh, in Greenville. You you had been in Greenville the last couple of seasons. Uh, I'm guessing you like the uh, the winners uh, down here in Greenville and in Atlanta a little bit better than Manitoba, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it's so much nicer to get away. I didn't realize it until I first went to Greenville. Uh, just how much better my body feels. <laughs> You go back home and now I feel like an old man. My body aches because of the cold and come down here. I was like, oh, yeah, I could, I could see myself playing for another 10, 12 years. <laughs> Welcome to life in the South Division, my yeah. friend. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you had some good years there with uh, the Swamp Rabbits. In fact, they, they liked you so much, they, uh, they plastered your face on the wall there <laughs> in, uh, in Greenville. What do, you, what do you make of that mural? Yeah, that was that was something I walked into last year. I was completely caught off guard. <laughs> oh, they didn't tell you about it. No, they didn't tell me. It was sort of well, just well, tell the fans because because nobody really can go down there and see it. Yeah, so it's just outside the outside the dress room. There's they did a whole new renovation to like paint in the room and things like that last year going into it. And so I show up for training camp and I kind of walk in and see, oh look the. They got the paint, the colors along the wall. They painted the, the striping, everything like that. And then the big logo. Can I look? I was like, oh, there's, there's Elmo. There's, uh, I can't remember who the other guy is. And then the, look over, I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I remember which game that photo was taken from. I, I'm pretty sure that was from the, the overtime goal I scored against Atlanta. In. <laughs> so, oh, it was uh, against Atlanta, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's funny how that works out now, being in Atlanta and kind of having that memory of scoring my first overtime goal professionally against Atlanta. So. That, that's wild. I, I would have thought they would have let you know or, or, or maybe the equipment guy gives you a shout or, or, or something, but you just walked in and happened to see it one day. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the jokes are made, obviously. I had a good relationship with a lot of the rink staff there and stuff like that. So there's always a little bit of poking fun, even – even when I still go back today. <laughs> That's great. Well, you, you played parts of three years there, so you, you must have liked it then, yeah? Yeah, I, I love the city of Greenville. The city of Greenville was awesome to me. It was awesome to the team. Uh, 
the rink staff, the people involved, we're all like first class. And so I, I really enjoyed my time there. Plus the weather's beautiful. So <laughs> yeah, like I said, South Division. Uh, and you played with, with Pellick there uh, a couple of years. Uh, was he a captain one or two years there? He was captain uh, both years I was there with him. Yeah. And, and then you guys made it to uh, to ESPN Sports Center. On uh, was that you with the spinorama, or was that him? Yeah, no, that that, that one was me. Usually, usually he's the one passing out. I was the one scoring at that point. But <laughs> I guess the roles kind of reversed for that one play and worked when out. Did you and... know you were going to go for the the spin cycle when you were coming down on that play? Honestly, I didn't even think about it. It was just. I didn't even realize what had happened until I went in the net. I was like, oh, I kind of worked out. <laughs> so you're just kind of improvising then. Yeah, and I didn't really know anything about it, even on ESPN, until we're after the game. It was, we had a day off the next day, so we went for dinner and had a couple pops. And next thing you know, one of the guys looks at the TV. And he's like, Rainbow Swamp Rabbit on ESPN. I was like, what? And we all kind of look at it. Then, yeah, it's me and Pelly. <laughs> no way. So you guys, you guys were out at dinner when, when yeah. you saw that play. Yeah. <laughs> was that somebody you guys were eating with who, who just pointed it out? Or like the waiter was like, is that you guys? Uh, it was actually one of the guys, John O'May, who was in Greenville. He had just blew up his knee in Orlando. So he had came with us because it was a final trip, final games of the season. And, and so, yeah, we we're just all kind of sitting around eating and, having a couple of pops and then he, he just starts yelling out, Oh my God, Dalty, that's you. And then he starts yelling it out to the entire place and a little, a little embarrassing. <laughs> it's also pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty incredible. You guys, you guys didn't like buy the place around or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> so, you know, while you were in Greenville, you, you were called up to the AHL a handful of times. You've been up to the A each of the last uh, three seasons now. I kind of wanted to ask about what your mindset is when you get called up. Like, are you able to establish your game? Are you just trying to fit in? Like, like what's your goal besides obviously to stay there, but, uh, but like, what is your mindset and your approach when you get called up and it might just be one of these short stints? Uh, yeah, no, my mindset when I go up there is I know they have draft picks, they have higher, uh, prospect pools guys that they they're really wanting to push and I know if I'm going to stick around it's going to be in a third fourth line type role and if I some reason I do outplay a first or second round that I mean someone's probably lost their job <laughs> <laughs> so for me it's just going up there making sure I keep doing the small details and even though if even when the first two years when I did get called up and I was having success in Greenville I understood what my role would be going up there and honestly I, I, I have fun playing that role it's fun being physical it's fun just playing a simple game uh but so your game that, does change a little bit then absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely I try try and be more of an energy guy when I go up uh and like I said I don't want to when you get limited ice time when you do go up you don't want to be the guy cost the team the team a goal or something like that right so Maybe not as many of the spinorama passes. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of keep those for special occasions. <laughs> so, and, uh, and you were up in Belleville um, for, for camp before the start of this year, correct? 
Yes, I was. What was that experience like? You had a couple other Gladiators guys that were up there. Um, that, that's a pretty good prospect pool up there at that training camp. Um, so, so who were you impressed with and what was that like for you? Oh, it was, it was a great training camp. Uh, the, the coaching staff there is really personable. So that was really nice and kind of, it kind of made it fun to go to the rink every day, to be honest. And they, they were pretty easy going and you don't really see that too often when you go up. A lot of guys think it's always work, 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 but you can have work and have some fun at the same time. And that's, that's what I kind of liked about the coaching staff they had up there. Uh, obviously it made it a little easier for, for me, just having a couple of guys that I knew that were going to be at camp from Atlanta. So that, that was nice just on personal note. But they, they have some great talent coming up through the ranks, and uh, they got some highly skilled defensemen. Lassie Thompson is a really smooth skater, really great puck, puck moving defenseman. And obviously, you have Eric Branstrom, who is a really same kind of concept as Lassie. He's just super smooth. He's great at moving the puck, really talented offensively. And then one of the guys I really liked watching was. Igor Sokolov there up there. He's he he was fun. He's big. He was strong. He had a lot of skill. And every time he was kind of on the ice, something happened. It seemed like so. He he was one guy I really liked to watch. And looking at some of the tendencies he had, and he he was a pretty good guy too to talk to. He kind of let you know what Banner was looking for up there. So, well, now that you've been in, in pro hockey uh, a, a couple of years and you've played some good teams. Uh, here in the South Division in the ECHL. And we've got a Glads team that's a little bit above 500 right now in a playoff spot. I kind of want to get your thoughts uh, now that you're uh, you're part coach. What does this team need to do to kind of prepare itself for the postseason and prepare itself to make a run in the postseason as well? Well, I, I think we have all the tools on this team to make a really good run. Obviously, I think starts first, first of all, just getting healthy again. Uh, we got some key pieces out of the lineup still. Uh, so once we get healthy and then we can get the chemistry back with everybody, I think that's the biggest thing. I, cause I, like I said, the room itself is great. There's no riffs in this locker room. You go to some locker rooms, there's like little clicks and things like that. There's none of that in this locker room. You can kind of hang out with anyone on this team any given night and have a good night. So the, the vibes in the room are fantastic. And once we get healthy and start rolling again and everyone gets back to their game shape, I think we'll be a very tough out for anybody going into the playoffs. Good vibes. I'm sure that's, uh, that's what we want to hear. Uh, during the season, what are you doing off the ice? Uh, off the ice, I, me personally, I like to try and be, when I'm not rehabbing is try and get, stay in shape, try and keep the strength that I built up in the off season. Because you kind of lose it towards the end of the season, especially in the schedule like we got on the East Coast where you're playing three and threes and six six games and nine nights type thing. So you kind of forget to go, take care of yourself off the ice. So I try my best to try and making sure I'm doing the things necessary to keep my body healthy and or get it back to being healthy as best as possible. But other than that, we... We have, like I said, we hang out all the time as a team, and it's nice having the apartments we have where we're pretty close to each other, walking distance. You go over, you play board games with the guys, you go watch some hockey games, watch football, and uh, it's just 
th those are the little things that you, I try and cherish because you never know when you're done playing hockey, you kind of get away from that, right? So I try to have as much fun with the guys and the group of guys you're with each year because it changes so much each year, the players and the staff even. So when you get a good team like this and a good bu bunch of guys, you kind of want to cherish every moment of it. So that's kind of what I do. Now you've got the truck. I mean, you, you got the flannel rocking right now with the hat. <laughs> like, like, are you just a, like a good old country boy then? Uh, I, I, I like to think so. My fiance, <laughs> my fiance, who is a country, country girl, grew up on the farm and stuff like that. She says I'm more, I'm just a city boy, but who the, pretends the city to be slicker. Oh, Okay. Yeah. But no, I, I, I always do. I'm I'm more suited for the country lifestyle than I am being in the city. I hate being usually in big cities. That's why it's kind of nice for on the outskirts of Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of like a little bit of space. Like when I go back home, I'm out at the lake all the time. I I like to go get away, reset mentally and stuff. So uh, now, for me, we, we saw that uh, we saw that on Instagram along with the the engagement to to Kelly, your fiance. Yeah, yeah yeah congratulations to to you guys but we were seeing on on instagram was that some some wakeboarding or some waterboarding there yeah wake surfing never did it before so got the opportunity this summer to try it and the one video i got with obviously it's not very good <laughs> i was able to do it better by the end of the summer <laughs> just yeah. so we're clear and everyone knows it that, that video it did get better than that <laughs> progress was made yeah that was not the progress was made yeah <laughs> that's fantastic oh what about uh what about the road trips are, are you playing cards with the guys or or uh just kind of listening to music or watching movies on the bus yeah i'm I'm the guy who likes to kind of play cards keep busy for a while uh i i can't i'm not one of those guys who can just have the headphones in and play music or watch movies the entire time i got really bored and get fidgety so <laughs> playing cards and then it allows you to have some jokes and have some laughs and make the However long the bus feels shorter. Who uh who are the card sharks on the on the team? Oh Sly. Sly's a good one. He he's sneaky about it. He's quiet. Uh <laughs> he he's very stealthy. Uh Gabe's pretty good too. He's a he, he tries to sewer quite a few guys, especially when they're playing snarks. Boss Spade calls out of him. Uh, <laughs> so he's I'm not always his biggest fan. <laughs> but yeah we, we have good card players on this team uh so it, it's it's a fun trip every time that's great well nalty hopefully we can uh get you back out on the ice here soon we uh we look forward to, to seeing you back out there so good luck with the with finishing up rehab here and everything and uh and good luck the rest of the season thank you appreciate it, mike Great talk with Cameron Nall. We uh, broached a wide range of subjects in that interview. He's a fun guy to talk to, very energetic, and he will be a really big piece when he comes back to this Gladiators lineup. He was slated in to be a huge piece in this top six for Atlanta. Unfortunately, uh, like you heard, he, he went down with injury early in November, and the Glads have had to make do without him in the following months, but he will be a big boost when he returns to the lineup. The Glads play tomorrow night in Cincinnati against the Cyclones. That's a 7.30 puck drop. Uh, then the Glads will be back at home on Friday night against the Jacksonville Icemen, who are right up there as one of the top teams in the ECHL, uh, near the top of the South Division ranking. So a big game on Friday night against the Icemen. And then the Glads wrap up the week on Sunday 
against the Norfolk Admirals. Don't forget that Atlanta also plays here uh, this upcoming Monday. They'll, they'll be playing at 12.30 p.m. That's an afternoon game on January 17th. So do not forget about that Monday game right there. If you've got some time uh, on Monday afternoon, sneak on over to Gas South Arena and catch uh, the Gladiators at 12.30 in the afternoon. Uh, but if you can't make it out to Gas South Arena for this upcoming weekend or if you want to tune into the action uh, coming up here in the middle of this week, uh, tomorrow night against Cincinnati, you can always listen in to, uh, to Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R, Mixler. It's a real easy way to listen online. All you need is an internet connection. The Gladiators tweet out a link every single game day. You click on that link, and then you click play, and that's it. Uh, if you would like to watch the games, you can watch on Flow Hockey TV. And if you watch on Flow Hockey TV, you're going to have two options. You can listen to uh, the Cincinnati broadcaster or me. And you better be listening to me on the Gladiators broadcast network. Otherwise, we're going to come uh, hunt you down and find you and ask you why you're not listening to the Gladiators feed. Um, but there are always two feeds on those Flow Hockey broadcasts. Remember that. So whether it's home or away, make sure you're tuning in uh, to the Good Guys broadcast and, and listen to, to our call uh, of the Gladiators action. So the Glads will be meeting the Cyclones up uh, up in Cincy here tomorrow night. That should be an interesting game. These two teams met back in November. They played on Friday and Saturday night there, the 19th and the 20th. And it was a couple of rough and tumble games against the Cyclones. Cincy sits in second place in the Central Division right now. They're a real good team. They are big, and they are skilled, and they've got some veteran experience, much like Atlanta does. So it's going to be a clash of a team that's very hot in Atlanta, the Glads, who have won four in a row, and a team that plays as heavy as any, Cincinnati, because we had some pretty spirited scraps the last time these two clubs got together. Uh, if you are interested in tickets for this upcoming weekend, it's always best to call the Glads front office uh, because if you buy the tickets online, you're going to have to pay some extra fees and stuff like that. So call the front office and get rid of some of those online transaction fees. It's going to save you, you know, five, ten bucks a ticket here. Um, but call the front office at 770-497-5100, and one of our great ticket reps will... Uh, will take care of you. So the Glads play tomorrow in Cincy, Friday and Sunday, both at home against Jacksonville and then Norfolk. So we will hopefully catch you listening in on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, against the Cyclones on the Gladiators Broadcast Network. But we'll see you next week here on the Atlanta Gladiators Podcast.